rock and roll. The Texans go in front. They put on the helmet and pads. What's up, man? This is your teammate, number 57, Brennan Scarlett. And make the big plays. Down to the 10-yard line. What a play. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. I put a ton of pressure on myself. I want to be able to go out there and make the plays. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. They want to listen to, you know, the slow songs, the R&B. And I'm like, you know, we got to go play football. Welcome to the Texans Players Show with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. Welcome into the Texans Players Show. Joining us today, I'm TV Sidhu, first of all. I've got Drew Doherty with me. We've got former Texans defensive end and uh, all-around fun guy to have on radio any day of the week, Travis Johnson. Welcome in, Travis. Travis is wearing, <laughs> I know it's radio. I wish you could see him. He is wearing a Dodgers jersey and a Dodgers hat, and it's a number mm-hmm. 31 jersey, and he's very proud of this fact because oh, you're yeah. a Dodgers fan, apparently. He's from Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, born and raised Dodger fan, you know, I'm the son of immigrants. So, you know, a lot of these immigrant black folks was, was already Dodger fans coming in <laughs> because of the uh, Jackie Robinson thing way back in the day. So it kind of was passed down and it was just great that I actually grew up in Los Angeles. You just sneak into Dodger Stadium, have Dodger dogs, uh, you know, just I mean, anytime I got to drive down to Chavez Ravine and see the guys play, it was the greatest thing ever. If you stay late enough and catch them in the parking lot uh, up against the gate. You get autographs from all the greats, man. All you see, all the guys. It just—it was always a, a a pleasure to to be there. And it was like, dude, one day I'm gonna play here. One day, because baseball is my first love. You know, I I just stopped playing because I I wanted to play catcher, and I was my knees started to bother me. My pop was like, dude, you gotta go to first base. I'm like, I don't want to play first. I want to play catcher. So finally, I just say, you know what? I'm gonna give it all up, and I'm gonna just play football. But I'm still uh, listen. I'm still a Dodger fan through and through all day, every day. Okay, so Travis, how old were you when your knees were hurting you with playing catcher? Oh man, I was, you gotta remember, I got, I was, I got, well, you don't remember because you you weren't there, but uh, <laughs> I've been this height since I was 13 years old. Oh my God. You goodness. know, uh, wow. I, was, I was behind the plate from the time I was six. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, a 80, I'm ADD, ADHD. So it was kind of one of those things where you would have loved to put me in the outfield, but I would be playing with daisies and all the other stuff. First base was cool. I loved it, but I love playing catcher. My dad wanted me to play first base. He wanted me to, I mean, that just, that was his big thing, but I love being behind the plate. I love being, being the guy in charge. And I love, I mean, you was almost like the field general, you know, it's like, it's like the quarterback of the entire, of the entire, of the entire team when you're out there. So that's what, I mean, about my freshman year in high school, my knees started bothering me and I was just like, you know what? Mm. You know, I, I made the varsity team. I was geeked about that, but uh, it just it just wasn't for me anymore. Okay, we're going to talk Texans, I promise, with former Texan Travis Johnson. But before we do, Travis, one day I would like to go to a Dodgers game with you and with other with another former Texan who's also an Angelino and major Dodgers fan, Sean Cody. Um, I think that would be fun. Oh, yeah. I'd just like to I'll hit record on the the phone and we'll record everything you guys say because it'd be hilarious. Okay. Just mic them up. Just mic them up. Mic them up. All right, Travis, uh, Texans, they're in an ugly spot. Uh, You have been down this road. You were a part of the 05 team that really struggled mightily. But this is a different situation in a lot of different ways. And there's still hope, not just for the season, but long term. However, it's it's tough. It's going to be tough. What do you think is going through some of the minds of a lot of these guys who are on this team 
now that you're seven games in and, and things are looking pretty bleak? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, Drew, it's, it's it could be one or two things because it, it depends on how you're losing. Because I know back in 05, we were young and we lost a lot of close games. That was a lot of close ball games. You remember the game uh, against St. Louis? It went into overtime. He threw it to, uh, what's my guy from Colorado on the screenplay? And he goes and, and, and we're chasing him down. We lose that game. We lose the game on a, a fourth and forever against Baltimore. Uh, you know, we can go down the list of all the games that we lost. We lose to Buffalo, open the season up, you know, in a tight game. So a lot of those games we were losing close. We were always in those games, and we always knew we were a young team. So that kind of gave us a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, I don't know, I, I wouldn't call it swag because at 2-14, and 14, you can't really have swag. But it gave us a lot of confidence to say, you know what, we can be a good team. I think that's why you get a guy of, or, or a coach of Gary Kubiak's caliber to get a team that way because he knew this is not a bad organization. It's not a bad team. These guys have the building blocks to be great. We just have to get them over the hump to uh, get there. But right now, I mean, it, it's rare. It's rare when you sit there and lose, you lose a turnover battle. I mean, you win the turnover battle. You win the time of possession. You win, uh, you, you, you win the rushing game. And you still lose a game. Mm. That's like it, it, it's it's some of those it's some of those things that, that are almost baffling. Because you say, well, well, what is going on? And then you watch the game. You know, if you just look at the stats and you say, man, I don't know how they lost the game. But then you watch the game and you realize, one, we gave up too many big plays, too many plays over twenty yards. There were guys wide open. You saw seventeen. You saw these guys. You saw uh, Adam. You saw these guys wide open, young guys, and you just you're like there's some at some point there's a breakdown in the secondary, there's a breakdown in the defense, and then there's a breakdown up front where we have our star our star quarterback. Really, when you think about it, with no weapons, you know what I'm saying? With with with, with and you say, oh, he has this. We have good receivers. Don't get me wrong. We got Brandon Cooks. We got uh, Randall Cobb. We got all these guys that can really play ball, but we don't – we're fuller. But right now we don't have – I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a star. And I hate to keep bringing him up because he's no longer part of this team. And you don't want to keep throwing it in, those guy, in the guys' faces because they aren't on this team. But when you watch the game, they're lacking explosiveness on defense and on offense. They're la right now they're lacking getting off the field uh, when you need it on, on third and long. They're lacking staying on the field on third and uh, on third and medium to say, you know what, we have to convert this first down. We have to keep moving the ball, and they lack finish. I mean, when you think about, you know, uh, going, I don't even, I, I got to look back at the uh, at what the red zone, what the red zone stuff was, but it's just to me, you start a drive with good with decent field position, you got to finish, you got to finish, you got to finish, and I think we 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 don't see that as much, and we see, I mean, we really, to be honest, I wouldn't say a a a, a razzle. Uh, Deshaun Watson because he doesn't rattle but I see what I see is I see he's he's literally running for his life back there you know he's literally like we have to put in Roger Johnson uh as an extra tight end to try to manufacture extra protection you know it's just I I, I mean I'm, I'm to be honest I'm lost man I watch the game I watch the film and I know what we have on this team but I know we're missing a few things you know, I think, Travis, in watching that game, what was so frustrating, because coming off of the Titans' overtime loss, it seemed like against the Titans game, the offense was really clicking. Deshaun throws four touchdown passes. The running game starts clicking. You think, okay, this is definitely something they can build off of. They could have won that game at Tennessee. That would have been such a statement game. You go 
on the road um, to the Titans, undefeated team, division opponent, you come back with a win, like that could have really changed things, but ultimately they lost. So you think, okay, whatever positives the offense was able to do in that loss, they can carry over against a very talented Green Bay team that, you know, whose defense is, is struggling a little bit. They're struggling sort of in the same ways the Texans were, but instead it seemed like early on in the game, any drive that got going was thwarted by either a penalty or, you know, there were, there were so many flags that got thrown early on in the game. So they were just drive killers. And it seemed like they just never really got into that rhythm until they were obviously so far behind and it was going to take too much to come back. Oh, no question. I think, uh, I think when, when you, and listen, my son is right now, I'm, Two seconds of punching him in the face. Son, hurry up and go. No, I don't care. Early is on time. And I hate being, I'm sorry that we're doing this recording because it's just, it's hard with this pandemic. Zoom you life, know, yo, I totally understand. Oh, there's a full-time father and he was like, dude, I always have to ask you to do a thousand and one things. You know, just because just because they said be there at 4.30 don't mean be there at 4.30. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. It drives me but. Maybe we could do a whole show of parenting with Travis. <laughs> Travis trying to run his kids to practice the way football meetings go. Because I learned that when I got into this building. Like, uh, if you're on time, you're already late. You need to be 10 minutes early to be on time. But kids don't quite, kids don't really grasp that concept. Kids I mean, really yeah, you saw on time. <laughs> oh, the ones in my household better grasp it. You know, we really is on time. On time is late and late is unacceptable. You yep. know what I'm saying? So I don't play that that late foolishness, man. You, we going to. If you're supposed to be up at 630, I expect you to be up at 625, 620. So, I mean, I just don't, don't get me started deep because, you know, I, I try to be the best parent I can, but sometimes I'm a little bit of, because <laughs> of the NFL, we end up with that regimented, you know, kind of that, that regimented feel, you know what I mean? Of always, yep. of, 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 I need a schedule. I need to have uh consistency. And if I don't have it, then it, it literally like, it'll drive me up a wall. So, you know, like, I told him, be quiet. I'm I'm busy. He stands outside the car, like, what am I supposed to do? I just told him, get out. Wait, so so you're doing the radio show with us and your son is standing outside the car asking you what he should do. Yeah, because I just when I snapped at him to tell him go, when I snapped at him to tell him go, that means it's time to go to practice. And he's like, What in there ready? I'm like, dude, get there you are, get out of here. <laughs> and so he's standing, he's standing, he's standing outside the car looking at me with this goofy look on his face, like. What am I supposed to do? I'm like, 10 out of 10 kids, Travis, 10 out of 10 kids would do the same. I could totally picture my kids. If I dropped them off even 30 seconds early, they would stand outside the car like, wait, what? I'm early. I can't go yet. Well, well you ain't got to go now, but you got to get you out gotta of You got to go now because Travis is doing a radio show. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, but back you, to your you point, uh, the offense, did you did you feel like there were some positives in the Tennessee game that oh, really was a, carried there was over? A whole, there was a whole lot of positives. There were positive on both sides of the ball. You know, when you look at Derrick Henry and what he's done in this league uh, so far, and then you watch our defense be able to get off the field and be able to fight, and 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 you know they didn't win every down, but they were still they were they were pushing. You were saying, okay, man, we may, maybe we have something going. You know, even though it's Ryan Tannehill over there, and we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, the baddest man on the planet over here. Uh, uh, but at the same time, on offense, you saw us with a lot of momentum last week. And you said, well, let's carry this over. We're going to carry this over week to week. And you just didn't see it. Like you said, penalties stopped it. I think we had, what, six penalties for 70 yards or something like that. And they were, and they were, they were, 
they were big yards. They were they weren't like little penalties. Those were drive killing penalties. Yeah. And you don't everybody's everybody says, oh, it's everything is always a drive killing penalty, but not not really. You know, you get a holding you get a holding call on first down and it goes from first and ten to first and fifteen, you can make that up. You get a holding call or you get an offside call on third and short, and it takes you to third and six, third and seven, and now third and twelve. You know, that right there, it changes the game for you. It, it kills momentum. It kills ideas and stuff that you had before. One thing about being a pro is that you can't show me something twice. So you line up in this formation, and it's like, okay, we got him fooled. And then your guy screws up. Guess what? If we come out there and again, somebody's going to be alerted to say, watch for this. And then if you try to run that same thing, guess what happens? You end up with tackle for loss. You end up with stacked. You end up with breakdowns in the offensive line because now, they're going to manufacture blitzes. They're going to manufacture pressure. And I feel like I saw that a lot, especially after penalties. You saw them try to come after – they come after Deshaun to kind of get him off his spot. So, I mean, gosh, I'm I'm disappointed because I really I really believe that this team had a shot. I didn't want to say, like – I didn't think they had a shot at winning the Super Bowl, uh, but I believe they had a shot at at least going to the playoffs. And not so much anymore. I think I'm not a math major, but I'm pretty sure the playoffs are almost but out of the question, you know, uh, right now on, on this track they're headed. Travis, Travis, that brings up the point of the 2008 season because you talked about 2005, but this reminds me a lot of 2008. It was like not COVID, not a pandemic, but it was Hurricane Ike. So you guys had the early buy, the early unexpected buy. Start off two and four. No, week two buy. Uh-huh. You, had, you had a week two buy. That's right. Started two and four, but then you win your last five of six and finish eight and eight, which today might actually get you in the playoffs. But what happened in those last f- six games that really turned things around for that squad, do you think, especially after the start that you had? <laughs> you know, it's funny, DB, is, man, like, it, uh, is we actually just had this conversation uh, this weekend. You know, it was homecoming weekend. Right. And we were explaining to some guys – that uh, there was a, the year where Vontae ended up being the captain six weeks in a row. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was, you know, Coob, Coob loved Vontae, you know, and but Coob was real superstitious. So once we got out of that skid and we won and Vontae was the captain, it was like, well, guys, and I remember him saying, I hate to do this, but we got to make Vontae the captain again. <laughs> <laughs> and we won another one. And it almost became, I don't know if you watch Major League, where it almost became like, it was almost an inside joke with us and uh, uh, like, man, we hope we can force Coop to make Vontae the captain and keep forcing to make him the captain. And it was, it was a wonderful time because then we played Jacksonville to finish the season out at home, win the eighth game. And I remember just sitting in there and Coop telling us, congratulations, guys, y'all are winners. You know what I mean? Like, that was like, – we're no longer losers. We're no longer the losing organization. We're now officially winners. We're on the winning side of football. And 8 and 8 is, it was our first goal. And then you saw two years later, the team goes to the playoffs, and now they're starting to roll into what we think is going to be a big future. So, I think when, when, it came, when, that, when that happened, it was more us taking ownership. At some point, as a pro, you got to put your hand in the dirt and say, "I'm gonna whoop the man in front of me." And at some point, as a pro, you got to say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna win the one-on-one blocks." At some point, as a pro, you got to say, "If he's getting double teamed, I got to make a play," or say, "You know what?" At some point, 
the guy getting double teamed has to make do something special and spectacular to do that. And that's the only how you can turn the tide to make to to because you know momentum is 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 a fickle is a fickle woman. You know what I'm saying? Like Mo is she she she's always she needs to be caressed, she needs to be pushed, she needs to be challenged. And when when you don't have all the right pieces in place, Mo can turn on you, man. And she can put you on the couch and put you outside. You know, so I, I really believe if the guys, and you know what, and I say this, and I say this, and I preface this by saying, I don't think they're not, they're not trying. But I think at some point, somebody has to take ownership and somebody has to be great on purpose. Well, with all that in mind, you know, they're in the bye week and we hear all about this, the coaches saying, we got to do self-scouting, we're going to do self-scouting, we're going to do self-scouting. When you were a pro, did you learn much during and after that bye week based off of what the coaches said they'd self-scouted? I mean, how much of a benefit is there with that in mind? Well, you know, I, I always the self-scout is kind of like, it's not really, I mean, you learn, you learn who they're about to cut. Because, <laughs> I mean, they all, somebody always gets cut after. That's what you find out in self-scouting. When, 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 it, when it's one of those, yeah, that's a self-scout saying, okay, who isn't what we thought they were right now? Or who isn't doing the things we want them to do? And who is, who might be the cancer that's killing the locker room? Let's get rid of that guy right now um, before the deadline. Um, it's, you really, it's hard to learn anything during, I mean, you can go and you can maybe tighten up a few things. You can go and you can, uh, like if, if you, if you got guys and really, to be honest, uh, bye weeks work better in college because now I got a chance to put my kids in the classroom. I got a chance to push them a little bit differently. Yes, it works in the pros, but at the same time, we always know who messed up right now. We always know who broke down right now. And the thing is, it might not be the same guy every time because it's not. You watch the film, it'll be this guy this time, and everybody else does everything right. Football is the only game that you can have 10 people doing something right, and it always manages to find the one person who does it wrong. The ball always manages to find the one person who does it wrong. So when you ask, can you learn a lot, Yes, you, you can, but I, you know who you are. Right now, you like the, the film doesn't lie. The film does not lie. So you've been self-scouting every week. Every week you turn on the film and you see what we've done wrong, what we've done right. And every week when you start the team meeting, what do you do? You break down, you break down the organization. You say, you know what? Okay, we're going to put 15 good plays up. We're going to put 15 bad plays up here. We're going to put the, the plays that, that, that lost us the game and what they could have been if we would have got this finished. So you'll say, okay, the long pass where, where uh, Devontae Adams caught the pass backwards and almost, uh, and almost skipped backwards into the end zone. You'll break that down and say, okay, here's where we messed up. Where was the miscommunication? Because most of the time when you got errors in the NFL room, it's miscommunication. It's not the guy doesn't know what he's, what he's doing. He heard one thing, he got signaled another thing, and guess what now? We're running two different defenses. You know what I'm saying? Or now we're running two different protections. Travis, how much of a, of a benefit is it now to rookies in the second half of the season after the bye week? Might we have a chance, like you're saying, you, you already know what, what you have on the squad, but to actually see the rookies come out and see what they can contribute. I'm sure the coaches know where the rookie strengths lie, but to actually get them some meaningful game reps 
you know, what can you expect from a rookie in a season like this, like a, a Ross Blacklock or Jonathan Bernard? We've seen flashes of them here and there, but with some more consistent play, maybe some more consistent time on the field. What, what do you hope to see out of, of young players like that, especially in their first year? Well, I, I think I think the young players, you, you give them you give them a bunch of reps during this week. So when you talk about getting better during a bye week, that's the one thing you can do. You can get – I can't give you game reps like I want to, but what I can do is I can make – I can work you so hard right now, it's going to be like game reps. I'm going to see what I can get out of you. I'm going to see what you can do and what you can't do. I'm going to get all the young guys as many reps as possible because guess what? In the game, I need to be – I need to be sure that I can depend on them. And you see the flashes from Blacklock. You see the you see the flashes from them, but now you're like, you know what? Let me try to make it a game simulation during the week. Let me give a couple of old guys, you know, let's take some reps off of JJ. You know, they in practice. Let's say, you know what? JJ, let's make a push for 100. Let's make a push to get where we need to get to. And maybe it might take getting a little bit of fresh legs. Because here's what here's what we gotta remember. This team's not as young as we probably want them to be. You know what I mean, they have a lot of young guys in 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 in, uh, in key places, but they're not as young as we want them to be. Uh, so a few of these guys need that rest. A few of these guys need to say, you know what, let's let's rest, let's get it. Or, but the young guys need to push because they got no off season. They got no off season. They got no off season conditioning. They got no off season training. So now they are just now coming around to game shape. You got to think about think about this, DP, is that. You, and you've been in an organization for a long time. Off-season conditioning starts when? March? Technically April, April 15th, April. But it's really yeah. Yeah, April 15th. Yeah. So you get April, you get May, you get June, and then all of a sudden uh, you off at the first week of July, you know what I'm saying, and you off all of July until you got to report back the 1st of August, and that's if you don't have a uh, – if you don't have a um, – an early, early preseason game in the Hall of Fame game, you now are back all of August. So you got to remember, they've missed five months of work, six months of work. That's that's huge to miss that kind of work because there's nothing you can do on your own, no matter how many stairs you run, no matter how many uh, 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 sand pits you run, no matter how many drills you do at the house or what your, or what your workout uh, crew there's nothing to simulate putting your hand in the dirt and playing a play and playing against somebody else, pushing and pulling on each other. So that right there, and, you know, everybody can say that. So you say, all right, well, that was everybody. How is they doing better than we are? I think we had so much turmoil in-house, so much turmoil in-house with Bill O'Brien that when they got here, it's like they still wasn't working, if that makes any sense. It's like, yeah, we're in the building. But how much work are we really getting done? Because it's just a hostile. And we all know, all three of us have been in a hostile work environment before. You know that? And you know how you can get you can get better or you can get worse real fast. Yeah, it's a lot of things working against them this year. In fact, even even the you, you mentioned rookies in a weird offseason like this and turmoil and everything else happening. But even the year one to year two guys, uh, Mike Devlin, the offensive line coach, said that it really hurt guys like Max Sharping and Titus Howard. Oh. Titus, Titus was coming off the injury. Max, a lot of people wondering why he's not in the game, why Sunil Kilimete's in there. But, well, they couldn't make that jump from year one to year two because that time that you mentioned from April to August was so fundamental to every player, not just not just the rookies, but even for year one players, so that they could make that jump to year two, and they didn't have the opportunity to do that. 
Oh, of course. When you look at a first-round pick, about year, about year two is one of those things where they, they asking you to do different things. But it's also your first true offseason to kind of learn how to be a pro. You know, and, and everybody says, well, they're, they're pros already. What do you mean they have to learn how to be a pro? Well, you have to learn to be a pro. Like, being a pro is not an easy thing to do. You know, I remember that. That used to be uh, one of Coop's biggest things. Like, hey, we're going to teach you how to be a pro. We're going to teach you how to be a pro. And a lot of that came with just learning how to work. I'm sorry. A lot of that came with just learning how to work and the people around you. Like, me hang, me getting to hang with Jeff Scanina offseason. Off, off a 17-year vet, a guy who comes into work at 5 o'clock in the morning, a guy who works a certain type of way, that was training me to be a pro. You see what I'm saying? That was training other guys to be a pro. No, that's, that's a great point. So actually, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk more with you about the upcoming trade deadline, uh, what to expect in the second half of the season. Uh, but first, we got some questions for you that are not football related. And I have a feeling you're going to have some very entertaining answers for us. That's all coming up. We got more <laughs> with Travis Johnson on the Houston Texans Player Show. Don't go anywhere. Keep it here for more of the Texans Players Show right here on Texans Radio. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education, and healthcare, and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. We're back for more of the Texans Players Show on Texans Radio. Welcome back to the Texans Players Show. Travis Johnson joins us en route. He is driving around town, dropping his um, son off at practice or picking him up. Always a pleasure to have you, Travis. This is usually the part of the show where we get players to answer questions that have nothing to do with football. And okay. I'm really excited about this because I feel like you take us in directions that I don't even know we're going to go. Like I did not know that the five out of six winning streak in 2008 was because we, you had the same team captain. You yeah. Vontae Leach. Vontae Leach was the key to that. And if you get Vontae <laughs> on the player show next time, I promise you he'll tell you the same thing. There's never been a better Houston Texan on the airplane mic after a road win Monte Leach. The That's a fact. Champion of the world at that, right? And that is that is a Sorry, fact. That's that. Before and after alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Co-pilot Leach, man, you you uh, you haven't lived until you heard Co-pilot Leach on the intercom. It's good stuff. I am so sorry I missed those days. Travis, did you ever get on the airplane, Mike? Oh no, I left up to Vontae. Yeah. When he, when Vontae was feeling when Vontae was feeling himself and had him a brand new suit on, he was always hey. All you had to do was get one drink in him and Vontae was going to be Vontae. That's why I love him to death. <laughs> well, you were, you, so were you at the Texans game on Sunday? And it was homecoming. It was great. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, we were there. Who all, I want to know who, who was there that you got to catch up with. Uh, Vontae, myself, Andre, um, Junior Iwani, uh, Robert, uh, I mean, who wasn't there was, I mean, it was, 
Who's the name you said before, Robert uh, Smith? Who's Junior Yeah, uh, uh, Junior was uh, traded here from I want to say Washington. Okay. Uh, Junior Junior Iwani was here with his his entire family. Uh, it was I mean it was a ton of guys here, man. It 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 wasn't as mu as many outside guys this year because of the Rona. And so most of the guys were local. So yeah. most of the guys, we always see each other all the time anyway. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense because guys can't just be flying in for games anymore. It's just- um, Yeah, it's just I mean, you know, it, it just, it was, like I remember even like a couple guys, like Milford Brown, who lives over in Spring, he wasn't coming because, you know, he has two young daughters and that, that, that are, you know, and his wife in pre-existing conditions. And, you know, he's just mm -hmm. like, hey man, I wish I could be there, but I'm not, you know, and I mean, we got a friend who died. He's like, I can't make it to the funeral. And I'm like, hey, man, it's, mm -hmm. I don't understand. Okay, well, on that note, Travis, I'm going to ask you some fun questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned the Rona. So I feel like you're a man about town. You like to you like to do fun things. You like to vacation and stuff. What's, what's the thing that you miss the most since COVID started? The cigar club. Wait, you can't do your own cigar club at all? The cigar club. Well, I feel like you could well, do that on well, Zoom. Here's the thing. I, I was a member at, like, yeah, but I was a member at like three cigar lounges. You know what I mean? Like, I was a member mm -hmm. at uh, Stogie's and uh, well, we had the Sugarland Stogie's and the Houston Stogie's. Member at both. I was a member at Davidoff and River Oaks. A member at uh, at um, Lord, um, Monte Cristo, and and a member at Imperial. Dang, it's four of them. Jeez. Uh, so um, but. I cut them. I, I recently just didn't renew any of my memberships because I'm like, dude, I haven't been inside of the cigar club since February for one, for two. I, you know, the thing I miss the most is I normally, like, I, I always have at least 100, 200 boxes of cigars at the house. Wow. And yeah, always. Except for after the Rona has decided to help deplete my stash because I smoke so much. Normally, when I go to the cigar club, I buy five to ten every time I walk in there. Boxes. You know, um, oh, boxes. I thought he meant cigars. Oh. No cigars. No, I buy five to ten cigars every time I walk in there. Oh, I thought you meant five to ten boxes, boxes of, cigars. of cigars. No, no, no. I buy boxes when I find something rare or find something oh, that okay. I love. I buy a box, maybe buy two boxes. Uh, and I'm real stingy with the stuff, the the rare stuff at the house. Sure. So. I don't, I don't smoke them at all. I like to try to, like, let me put a little more age on them. Well, since the Rona, I've smoked 60 boxes of my own stash. And <laughs> oh my know, God. I, I was looking like my, 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 my cabinets look so, so, uh, so barren right now. I'm like, Lord, like, please, I need to replenish. <laughs> you know, so that's probably my biggest thing that is, that is, that is broken my heart. Cause you know, I got these big expensive humidors and right now they looking so, and like, dude, you're not feeding us the right way, man. You're not giving us no love. You're not putting no no newness in us, any new greatness in us. Your humidors are looking barren. Your lungs, unfortunately, are not looking barren right now. But I'm not going to delve down that. Let's no go judge. No judging. Let's go another direction. Okay, Travis, you're stranded on an island, but you've got an unlimited water supply, and you've got one meal per day. So you will not go hungry. You will. Well, you might go hungry but you won't like starve and you will not get dehydrated. What two things are you going to bring with you on that Island? If I have an unlimited water supply and 
I am, and I won't go hungry. Two things: cigars. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. Um. Cigar. Well, my my child back here is saying your house, <laughs> and she's like, "Bring the house." And That's I'm like, a good idea. Your child is on the. Child wasn't asking to bring, for you to bring him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if I if I because I, I bought the house, I'd have everything in the house. Oh, you know, that was so, smart, man. You're yeah, that, smart. That's actually a smart thought. <laughs> so I guess I would say the house because my cigars would be in there, but I also would, I mean, I hope that there's some type of fruit or potatoes on the island so that I can make alcohol. <laughs> then I'm set. I don't need nothing else. Okay. I was gonna say French fries or a salad, but oh, uh -uh. no, 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 uh -uh. no, no. Of course. Now, potatoes can be used as French. If I bring potatoes, I can make some potato vodka. You could. If I have some sugar, if I have some sugar, I can make some uh some rum and different things. You know, uh, it's a whole lot of things I can really get down with as long as I got some fruits. You know, what I mean, a few selected vegetables mm -hmm. in the house. Okay. So alcohol and cigars. I mean, it'd be a party on on the beach because he would have water. every 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 day. Every day, feet, feet, hey, feet in the sand. <laughs> Island vacation. This, nobody has answered this question. I've heard Drew ask this question, and this has got to be the best answer. It's good. I'm telling you, man. We need to retire this question now. All right, Halloween's coming up on Saturday. Got my question feels so boring now. I was gonna say, what's the best Halloween costume you've ever had? Oh, best Halloween costume I've ever had in my life. In my life or recently? Mm -hmm. Ever. Um, well, you know, black folks, we really didn't grow up to any, too many uh Halloween costumes. You okay. just put on whatever you had in the closet and just say, you know what, you're taking karate right now, you're a ninja. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, that, that, that sounds suspiciously like Indian children who we hey, had to wear Indian it, clothes it, and go as an Indian, and sometimes I would change it up and be a genie. Exactly. So like, I'd be at the roller rink wearing my Indian clothes, but you know what, that's just how we had to literally roll sometimes. Uh, one year I was uh, one year I was a sheik. I think one year I was Osama bin Laden. I think oh, that was kind. Of, that was kind of. Like, I think that was for a Texan uh, for a Texas party. You know, because I had this big old beard, and I was like, oh, let me dress up. Uh, another year, I was um, another year I I was the Super Mario brother with the kids, but that was like. That was pretty fun. That was probably my best one. You know, the, the player parties you kind of go as risque as possible. And just like, hey, let me, like, you know, what, last year, Deshaun was what, uh, Avatar? Or, or was that, uh, uh, or that was, Hopkins. Was, that, was that Avatar? And, you know, it's just, you just try to make sure you do everything. I mean, they picked up their game since. It's all body you know, paint now. You got to yeah, body paint yourself so nobody can recognize you, and that's the best costume. But that must way, take hours to do. The way my body is set up right now, I got I I I paid for body paint already. You know what <laughs> I mean? So it's kind of <laughs> like uh, I I don't want to put any extra on there. I don't need any but more. <laughs> I would I would love I don't know man I don't know what I would love to be as far as you know I would love to be probably the Black Panther at the next one with if I could get oh, all the if I can get the whole spandex. You know, like Eddie Murphy said in uh when 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 in uh the clubs, spandex, all spandex. spandex. I wish if I get all spandex, <laughs> then I'll be I'll be game for that. Okay, let's keep with the Halloween theme. Okay, go for it. What candy do you pass out at your house, and what's your three or four favorite candies to get? Well, because we live on like acre lots, we really don't. We, there's oh. nobody. Um, 
Gotcha. Nobody trick or treats in our neighborhood, so we trick or treat in uh, in the back of Sienna. Uh, but you know, when I was growing up, we would always give out the, you know, the um the gummy worms and and the sour. I love like the sour stuff is my is my is my joints. The sour stuff, the little mini Twizzlers, the nerds, those mm-hmm. are my things. And then every now and then, depending on what chocolate it is, I'll do that too. If as long as it got like a uh an almond or a little crisp in there. You know, uh, I love Milky Ways and Three Musketeers. I think those are those are those are some of the overrated chocolates out there. Uh, now that the Nikos are back, you know the little Nico wafers, they're back. They was gone for a while. You don't know the Nico wafers? Oh, Neko wafer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was yeah. that Neko? Neko? Well, some, I call yeah, it Nico. Maybe it's okay. Nico, but I yeah. Okay, I don't I don't know what it's called. You know, I just N E C C O. That's it. You know the wafers. Yeah, yeah. But um, I love those. Um, but I hate candy corn. I think candy corn is the worst candy ever Whatever. to give out. I like candy corn. It's okay. You saw my wife, Drew. My wife loves candy corn. I mean, I, I'm not. It. It's not my favorite, but there's like there's been this war on candy corn the last <laughs> seven or eight years that I don't understand. Like, okay, if it's maybe it's not the best, but certainly it's not the worst candy maybe ever. Black candy licorice would be the worst. worst. I, no, I love black licorice. Who don't love black licorice? I like black licorice. Oh, yeah. I love it. I mean, I mean, I love like the uh, what is it? The um, what's what's the things I get? The pink and white ones. Uh, oh, good and uh, plenties. Yeah, those are good and plenties. Yeah, <laughs> I like so that he's got help in his car to help him answer these like the good and plenties because they don't <laughs> eat them, so I buy them all the time because I know they won't touch them. All right. Well, I guess we'll take a break there, and we come back. We'll come back and talk a little bit about football because trade deadlines coming up. I want to get Travis's thoughts on. Where players' heads are at right now, what it was like when he was in the league. Uh, one more segment of the Texans Player Show coming up. Don't go anywhere. We're back for more of the Texans Player Show on Texans Radio. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education, and healthcare, and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. We're back for more of the Texans Players Show on Texans Radio. One final segment of the Houston Texans Players Show with Travis Johnson. He's got us laughing during the show. He's got us laughing in the breaks. Now I will see Osama Bin Laden every time I see Travis Johnson, and I will think of him fondly on Halloween. It's really a shame that we can't have parties like that right now with the Rona. But anyway, Travis Johnson rejoins us once again. Uh, Travis, player, the trade deadline is coming up a week from today. It happens to be election day. Want to get your thoughts on that as well. But NFL league offices are closed. Houston Texans office is closed. So it seems like a lot of trades may happen earlier. Also with COVID-19 protocols, teams might try to get players in a little bit sooner so they can actually contribute um, for games because it does take a little bit longer to get through the pipeline. All that aside, what do you remember from the trade deadline? I know it's really different this year with the, with the, with the record that the team is in, but you, you've gone through some challenging seasons yourself. Do you remember it being talked about the same way when you were in the league, like players possibly being traded or, or following uh, along? Uh, 
talking about being traded from the time I got here. I mean, because some okay. genius decided to draft a, 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 a four-down defense lineman to play in a three-down defense instead of drafting that bad man that came into the stadium the other day and, and wrecked shop. You know what's funny is I sat next to Dre during the game. I said, you know that should have been your quarterback, right? And he started laughing. I was mm-hmm. like, no, nah, for real, for real. You know, but, you know, instead they, instead they decided to draft Travis. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know what? I was always, to be honest, you know, they talked about it. But I was starting most of the time here. So then it kind of was like, all right, well, where did we trade him? You know, finally when I was hurt and I missed most of the offseason, like okay let's get rid of him and we can get something for him mm-hmm. and I remember uh cool calling me in there and telling me even though it was way before the trade that de- t- trade deadline uh and just telling me what he told me and i was like cool man you know i appreciate you being honest it ain't no big you know it is what it is i get to go home um and you know but i remember there was only one guy uh that was actually traded uh right before the trade deadline was vernon morrency yeah vernon morrency was uh who you know, I was kind of actually uh, pissed they traded Vernon Morrissey. Vernon Morrissey was a guy that, when they traded down to take me, was the, was the extra pick that they picked up and they drafted Vernon Morrissey with. Then they traded him away before. I'm like, well, dang, I could have been picked a few picks higher and made a couple more dollars. You're going to get rid of him. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Vernon was the only one. But, I, I mean, we were talking about it from, you know, from early. And looking back, you know, maybe if I would have made a few different decisions, and I probably would have got traded a little bit earlier than I did, um, you know, because I was kind of, you know, fight, you know, I was kind of fighting the, the whole. I wanted to be here. I wanted to make sure I was healthy. I wanted to make sure uh, I could change, you know, the thought process on me. And you know, it just was, you know, I wanted to kind of finish it out because I've had, I had multiple agents. I won't mention names. Call me like, listen, man, I can get you traded out of here right now. And I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm gonna stick it out, man. I actually like this place, man. I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna figure it out, you know. Uh, I'm starting to get it, starting to get it. And, you know, and I was, but I was banged up a lot, you know? So it was kind of like, even though I was making progress and it was like, okay, two steps forward. I mean, you know, two steps forward, three steps back, you know what I mean? So it kind of was, I was never worried about it. I went through a few of them, but I mean, you know, uh, I guess when you get older is the only time where you have to probably worry about some things. Like right now, uh, I, I mean, JJ probably, he's heard probably the rumors and heard the talk. Of people saying, well, you know, why don't we trade JJ? Uh, but I don't think they're going to do it. I, I think one thing the McNairs have noticed uh, is that, you know, when Andre went and played for a different team, it it wasn't received very well, you know, by the fans. And mm-hmm. I don't think no matter no matter what type of decline you may or may not think JJ has, you know, uh, would we get something for him? I'm pretty sure we would. But the the, the pros versus the cons, how does it really help us? us seeing J.J. Watt in a different uniform, that's not going to be good for our fans. For sure. No, for sure. So we're on into the bye week. What happens next Monday, next Tuesday, when guys get back in the building? How much are you recharged, refreshed, and ready to get going for the final nine? What's that like? Well, I mean, the good part is you got a bye week in the middle of the season. Mm. I think this is going to be – and, you know, we just finished talking about trade talks. And I'm geeked because these trade talks are going to, they're going to fuel a few guys. Nine-Nine being one of them. Nine-Nine's going to hear that, that that trade talk. He's gonna, and to him, he's going to be like, I'm still 99. I'm still J.J. Watt, the greatest, arguably one of the greatest defensive linemen of all time. You see what I'm saying? Top five of all time. Mm-hmm. I still got stuff left in the tank. I got a lot to prove. You're going to get guys like Whitney Merciless. 
who's also going to be talked about, even though he still has his brand new deal. You know what I'm saying? He's a couple years younger than JJ, but guess what? Is he giving you what you want right now? You know what I'm saying? You're still going to question, you know what? Can I get something for him? And guess what? If you don't trade him, all of these guys are going to be motivated. They're going to be pushed. They're going to say, you know what? It's time that we sit there and we change the narrative on us in this building. Because right now, if I'm Cal McNair, I'm like I'm, I'm like Money Mike in, in, in Friday at the Next. Everything must go. Maybe even you. You know what I'm saying? Like it just everybody like it's a fire sale because I have because I can't build I can't build this team properly without draft picks. I can't build this team properly without draft picks and we don't have it. The only thing we have right now, we got assets. We got assets and liabilities. You see what I'm saying? We got more liabilities than we got assets. So we got to figure out how can we trade some of the liabilities and get more assets to come in. So, I mean, it's going to be, I think these guys are going to be prime, ready, and I'm hoping the first game back, they have to show us, they have to show us dominance. They have to show us getting off the field early, three and outs, three and outs. They got to win the fourth quarter. They got to hold them under 300 yards. They got to win, win third downs. They got to, on both sides of the ball, you know what I'm saying? They got to, they got to, man, we need three, four plays over 20 yards. We all know the stats on that helping win the game. I'd like to see us move the ball better, and I'd like to see us get off the field. I mean, it sounds so, you know, cliche so every day, but I think this team has the tools to be okay, maybe um, to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. You know what I'm saying? And if, if the AFC South is the way the AFC South is right now, and 8-8 eight and eight gets you in the playoffs, you'll take it because as long as you get to the dance, anything is possible. Especially right. with this quarterback. We'll take it. We'll take Drew exactly. Always- yeah, Drew says we got number four, so that's we, that's a huge. If I, go to, if I go to the dance with number four on my on my team, guess what? The prettiest person in the party gonna want to holler at me. They're gonna be like, "You uh, you with number four? Yes, I am. I am with Deshaun. You know what? As a matter of fact, the other person I bought with me is number ninety nine. Look at him. And he <laughs> water. You know what I'm saying? I'm hey now I'm a catch. You see what I'm saying? You are always a catch, Travis Johnson, and we always enjoy having you on the show. You got to come back again sometime real soon. Um, drive safely. I'm glad that uh, everything's all in one piece. Go um, Dodgers. <laughs> that's from Travis, not from me and Drew. We don't endorse that message. However, thanks so much for your time, Travis. Uh, Drew and I will be back. John Harris will be joining us in the next hour. We've got Texans All Access coming up right after this. This is Texans Radio.